Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Bodega. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. Okay. Mike is here. We are ready to go today, guys. Um, uh, I know last week we talked about Michigan basketball. I thought we were going to be able to talk about it this week, but by the time you guys are hearing this, we won't know the result of their Sweet 16 matchup. So hopefully we'll be talking about them maybe the weekend after still playing, maybe, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed, possibly. Sure. Um, but this week, guys, obviously we're going to review WWE Fastlane. A lot of developments coming in as far as your upcoming WrestleMania card here in a couple weeks. So obviously we're going to talk Fastlane. We're going to be talking about the NBA trade deadline, the hits, the misses, teams that should have done something that didn't. Uh, and, you know, the big splashes around the NBA. We're obviously also going to be doing another Lions mock draft corner like we always do around this time. And we are going to be talking about the Lions and the Jared Goff contract restructured to alleviate some cap space as well. So lots of big stuff going on this week, guys. Uh, let's just jump right in, though, Mike. WWE Fastlane is probably like the biggest news coming out of out of the weekend here for us. Um, you know, the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania, we, normally this show sucks on a lot of levels. I thought this show was probably the better one we've seen in a long time if, we're, if we had to rank them. If, if the ranking is 0 to 3, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, would give it a, I would give it a 2.5. Yeah. You know, um, I thought Fastlane was pretty good considering, though. Um, give me just overall your thoughts and a grade on the show. <laughs> Um, I know Mike has the hardest grading scale ever, so if you're giving it a B at home, it's a guaranteed C plus at oh, <laughs> to no. Mike Merkel. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, well, you hit it right on the head. C yeah. plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought most of it was kind of filler and not needed yeah. outside of the main event. Yeah. And even that kind of frustrated me, which we'll talk about. So mm-hmm. um, C plus for me, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, yeah, it. no, it's it was fine. I do think that you know we did get some. Uh, first of all, it was weird not seeing a WWE Championship match on the show. It was a little bit weird, you know. I know yeah. they've been doing a lot of stuff with Bobby Lashley on Raw, but that kind of felt weird. Um, I thought there was a few good matches though, not maybe not necessarily progressed anything storyline wise, but I do think there was some solid uh, in ring action on this card as we'll go through match by match. Um, but yeah, obviously big WrestleMania implications as well to end the show. But let's just go through match by match here and kind of give a give our thoughts on each match. All right. Uh, so we opened with the women's tag team title match. We had Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeating Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks in nine minutes. I hated which, this match, which did not even get a star ranking. No, I, no, I didn't like. It. Well, here's the thing: it's twofold. Number one, as we've talked about ad nauseum on this show, is we don't like going into show into matches no already knowing what's going to happen. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Number two is you didn't really further the storyline between Sasha and Bianca all that much by having this match mm-hmm. and having either one of them take a pinfall, even if it's uh, kind of a rinky dink way of getting it there. It doesn't make your women's tag champs look any better, and it doesn't make Sasha or Bianca look any better. They would have been better off, honestly, not even being on this show, mm-hmm. if, if we're being completely honest. Because you've already got the match set. You could have done a backstage segment. You could have did something else. But this didn't do anything for anybody. So yeah. I agree with that assessment. That it, it just didn't need to be there. It definitely did not be able to be there. Yeah. Um, frustrating S- opener. Swing and a miss. Hardcore yep. there. Uh, so we had the Intercontinental title match. Big E defeated Apollo Crews in 5 minutes and 42 seconds. This match, I didn't need to be here either. Nope. Because I'm like, um, if you're just going to have him lose just to get another match at Mania so Apollo can win at Mania, yeah. then why do you have this match here? It, no, it's 100% correct. Yeah. So. No, I thought I agree with you. I, to the way the finish worked, it looked like he was a botch, which, was, w- yeah. which would, did not help either at all. 
Um, Apollo hasn't won a match in this feud the entire time, so for him to go and win the Intercontinental title probably at Mania is a bit... It's, it's Like, I get why he's the character change and everything. I'm cool with it, but... Jeez, um, it's it's a bit rough. This match didn't need to occur. You probably would have been better off once again, leaving him off, putting something else out there, having a number one contendership for the Intercontinental title, even if you wanted to go that route. Do yeah. anything else to get Apollo a win, some momentum to get to it. Have him beat Sami Zayn in a weird way or something, or mm-hmm. uh, something weird. But this didn't didn't help anybody. And I, honestly, this was a match I was really looking forward to because I was like, man, they give these guys 15, 20 minutes. This could be a really great match. And they did the complete opposite of that. And I was like. All right, cool. Yeah, they gave him a nice 542 on this one. Yeah, so. it ended and I was very confused, which is never good. I don't <laughs> like being confused. <laughs> no, no one likes being confused. Uh, so next we had Braun Strowman beating Elias with Jackson Riker in 3 minutes and 50 seconds. Um, I didn't even know this happened. I thought about you during this match because we talked about your dream WrestleMania card last show. And when you know Shane gets quote-unquote hurt for this match, right? And I was like, oh, Mike's going to be really bummed out that they're pushing this to Mania. <laughs> That was my first thought, and I felt so bad. I was like, they're still going to do it, and this is just like a salt in the wound kind of thing. It was a salt in the wound, because I'm just yeah. I'm just not going to watch it. First y'all. half of the show is rough, but I, I do think it picks up yeah. right well, after Well, that's why it's though. a C plus and yep. not like a B, because this yep. first half, Correct. literally, you can't even sit through again. No, so. no. Uh, so next, we had Seth Rollins defeating Shinsuke Nakamura in 12 minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, this is the first match I was like, hey, this doesn't suck. No, it was a good match. It was a really good match. Great way to get Seth back in the win column here. Um, Shinsuke always looks good. Um, this is a really, really solid match. It was just one of those matches where it's like, it, like if it was on a SmackDown or a Raw, I feel like people would be like, that was a really good SmackDown or Raw just because yeah. of this match. I thought it was really good. It didn't feel like 12 minutes. Um, you know, I think people would be talking about it more if there was more stakes involved, quite yeah. frankly. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, we had a no-holds-barred match uh, between Drew McIntyre beating Sheamus in 19 minutes and 41 seconds, getting four and a quarter stars out of it. Um, again, like, no-holds-barred for me. I don't understand because I don't know what the difference is between that well, and every other match. Well, no-holds-barred means they still have to have the pinfall in the ring. So, like, an Extreme Rules match? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's, like, just a different name. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, yeah, they did like some cool things in it, but I, I, I was like, outside of the end, the last like four minutes, I yeah. was like, this match was okay. I thought it was solid. The problem is that they just had a really, really good match on Raw. Yeah, so exactly. it's like you're, you're following up that, and I thought they did a really nice job. Yeah. I, I think this is the most entertaining Sheamus has been from an in-ring standpoint in a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think maybe that's more of a testament to Drew than it is anything else, but... Um, once again, I thought this match was solid. I thought it was really, really good. I think the Raw match was probably better because you did going in, you didn't think about them going 20 minutes and putting on a, a, a big show stealer. But in this particular scenario, once again, it gets dinged for me because you know that there's no way McIntyre's not winning this match. Yes. You know, and you know they're spinning off Sheamus into Riddle, which is a weird combination. I hope Sheamus kicks Riddle's head off, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and that's funny to say because I like Matt Riddle a lot. But I thought this match was solid, but yeah, I think it's I, a four and a quarter. I think they gave him an extra star and a quarter just because of the effort. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, they put in a lot of work. They're like, they went 19 minutes on a fast lane. That's, that's a rough yeah, that's day a at rough the office. Day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next, um, what am I going to call this? Air quotes match, I guess. <laughs> Um, Alexa Bliss defeating Randy Orton in 4 minutes and 38 seconds, if we can even call this match, because I don't even think 
they touched each other. Best part about it was the fact that it only went four minutes. Yeah. If we're being completely honest with it, it was the yeah. fact that they did not bleed this to death. Where it's like, yeah. if you would have said like it was a twelve minute, I yeah. would have turned it off. I'd yeah. be like, I need to watch something else. Um, Tell me when it's over. Yeah. So, so the fiend comes back. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and I just don't understand why he looks. Well, because he's burned. So he's like he's been still. Yeah, that was the thing. He got burned. He's had not a chance to change his clothes yet. He's been dead, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So that's just how his mask looks now. Uh, I guess. And he's all gross looking. He's all gross looking. The Undertaker had time to go home and change I every time so. he got reaper. That's, reaper. that's what I was gonna ask. Was he got burned in a casket? Came back in the same casket and said, "I look fine." <laughs> if anything, he looked a better shape. Yeah, he looked better, looked shape. healthier. Yeah, he was eating better. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but yeah, so I think in this, you know, I thought it was cool the the way he looks. I think I think to just to kind of continue it, right? Like I'm like, okay, it's a new look, right? I'm just it's another that element. Every single time that he comes out, like I have to think non kayfabe that he's just like putting weird stuff on him yeah, to make him like right, more gross exactly. and like on fire. I don't know if at one point like is he gonna go back to the old look too? It's like yeah. a weird thing. This character. I don't remember the last time a character like this, where he ris- he was risen so high so fast, where you're like, oh, this is a really great character, yeah. to now, like, I'm ready for it to go away now. Like, in like a year. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it's really gone super high, and then as low as it can be, all within a very short amount of time. Yeah. I don't know if it's because, like, you lose to Goldberg in five seconds, or if it's this whole Orton feud, which has lasted eight months too long. I don't know what it is, but, like... To me, when the fiend comes out, it's like okay, cool, but like I, I just feel like everything they're doing, it's just it's not yeah. clicking for me. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just because he's a baby face too, which is really weird. I don't get it. All right, so on the I don't know if you watch if you look at the WWE rumor mill. Oh, I, I, mean, yeah, I, always, I, I always, live on the rumor mill because I think it's really funny. I got my ear to the to the grindstone. Okay. <laughs> Um, so on the rumor mill, we have that it's possible that it's Bo Dallas. That yeah. Bo Dallas could be there. <laughs> yeah. And how dumb. Would that be if Odalis was there? Yeah, I don't Let's even. Yeah, I don't even understand how you could even make that connection. Also, like, there's there are they zombies? Is that what they are yeah. now? Like, I don't understand. They're like in that in the WWE 2009 game where like. Um, oh my god! I think it was fantastic. like someone was making like all, like Santino and all of them like yes. like zombies. Oh my god! And then Undertaker exactly was like, about. I gotta kill all these zombies. And I went. I gotta beat them in a match in order to like release them. Release like, Wait, them I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't get what's happening. But that's exactly what Orton's, Orton's like. I gotta get the zombie. But Orton's the bad guy in this too, which is even you know, and that's fine. That Orton's a heel. He's a much better heel than he yeah. is babyface. But like it, you know, we're not hearing. You know, we're having Alexa Bliss do a lot of stuff, but we're not really going anywhere with it. It's like we forgot about it for a while, and now we're picking it back up. There was nothing ever like the Fiend hasn't cost him matches really. The Fiend hasn't done anything to Orton really besides make him spit up grossness. Like, I just feel like we're really trying to dredge this along, and I just don't understand what is what is going. Why are you dying? What's your grossness? Like, I don't know what what oh, else do you call when it? When he came to the ring and just started spitting out, what even what even is that? that I, I don't know. Out? It's a gel cap or something yeah, that he's got in his he, mouth. When he spits that out, and I go, so his intestines in kayfabe are just like blowing up yeah and he's just like oh by the way i'm just gonna wrestle this match real quick yeah after. and i'm gonna attack this little little, little short woman little who's demented 12 year old girl that yeah. she's supposed to be yeah that's the other thing too it's like I, I at this point too like i miss alexa bliss just being able to wrestle like normal yeah. and just like be a character like yeah. just be like you know 
I'm waiting. You know what I'm waiting for actually from her? Yeah. Is I'm waiting for her. Remember in the Rumble when she was about to turn into like demon mode? Yeah, and she never really and did. And she never did. Like the yeah. lights were went out. I want, I'm waiting for that to come back. Yeah. Because that was kind of cool. Yeah, I just feel like we're getting like. I, I, maybe it's just because, you know, The Undertaker is kind of fresh, you know, on the mind still, you know, from the, the last ride yeah. stuff and the retirement and blah, 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 blah. But I just feel like all this stuff is just kind of like. It's kind of been done. And yeah. you're trying to reinvent the wheel. And I thought they were originally, but. I still feel like The Fiend would be more popular and be more of a captivating character if they weren't aware of each other. If Bray Wyatt was not aware of The Fiend and The Fiend was not aware of Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Where it was an internal struggle between the two. Similar to like a Jekyll and Hyde, Hulk, Bruce Banner type. Yeah. I mean, they can be aware of each other. Like, I have to fight this in order to, to get through rather than... It's just he's this mutant I, thing now. I see the way I wanted to go with it was more like Finn Balor and like the demon, yeah. But like a little deeper into it, where mm-hmm. it was like Bray would like say lose to Orton right. in a match and go, "I can't beat you, so I need to call in my inner fiend." Right, and then he and comes that's out, fine. and right. then the fiend just annihilates whoever. Yeah. That's what I want. But now it's just like the fiend is just the, the fiend. fiend. Like it's not even Bray Wyatt anymore. It's just correct. The fiend. Yeah, and I think it's like ruining the. Right, because it's over. It's an oversaturation yeah. of it, right? Where when you got a tease of it, you go, "Oh, damn!" And the the entrance and everything was all super intense, and that's fine. But for the most part, the number one, giving him the title at all was a bad was a bad idea. He never should have been the champion. But number two is that when you go into this kind of character, you know, I think what you're saying, right? I think comes in part two of what I wanted to see, where it's at first you struggle to not embrace that side of you. Yeah. And then as you go on, and you're like, wait, I can use this to my advantage, and then you roll with it. But where the fiend could be a good guy when you use it in that in that term, yeah. right? But I think you never got enough of the heel side of it, yeah. really, to like like even his feud with Cena, if you can call it that. What was it? It was mostly Bray doing weird skits, and then at the end, the fiend just hits the finish, and you're over. And like you never, I never feel like we not got enough of the heel Bray of the yeah. heel fiend. In order to appreciate the face fiend, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like a missed opportunity a little bit. But, oh, it's definitely a missed. You know what I mean? I think it could have been really fun. But, yeah, for sure. But right. but they're gonna have a great Russell. It's gonna be match. so slow. Well, I hope it's night one, just so we can. Just it's know. night two. Is so it already, really? Yeah, already got oh, it's night God, two. That's rough. Do you think they're gonna add a Firefly stipulation? Because again, like I said, Hell in a Cell would be awesome between the two. But they need something. They need something. They need something. They're, they're just going one on one singles. I might. Just falsely. Yeah, no kidding, right? I, I mean, I hope so. But what are they? I mean, at this point, I mean, he's supposed to be dead, and now he's back, and he's like risen again. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So, I, yeah. here's what I do know: is that they're gonna stare at each other a long time. Orton's gonna spit up some goo, and worms are gonna come on the floor, and um, Alexa Bliss is gonna be on a swing somewhere. Yeah. That's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know. You know what? Sure. I always picture. Last point on this. Yeah. We're going way too long. Yeah, stuff. it's fine. Last point is I'm just in picturing. You know the people that just like watch WrestleMania mm-hmm. every year and don't watch anything else yeah. for the most part. Go, I'm, the I'm imagining these casual people just like tuning, and going, "Oh, let's see what's on Mania," and then like Alexa Bliss is swinging on a swing. The Fiend is all like burnt yeah. and worn out. They're puking out black goo, and, and like, they're like. What the? Wait, yeah. What this honestly would have been suited better for a cinematic match, quite frankly, yeah. because then you could have did did something All a little bit stuff, different. Basically. But it, it, it would have made a little bit more sense. But because they're going in front of people again, which I'm extremely excited about. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know what's this gonna be. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, that's the one where like if you need to go get food or go to like take a bathroom break, 
after the entrances, you can probably go and get a bathroom break, go get a sandwich, yeah. come back, and be like, and it still hasn't, they haven't even touched each other yet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, so the main event. <laughs> Just read this entire storyline. They've been yeah. working so hard on uh, So the main event, we had, obviously, Universal title match with yep. a special enforcer, Edge. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defeating Daniel Bryan in exactly 30 minutes, getting four and a half stars. Um, I will say this with like every Roman match for the past like four pay-per-views we've talked about, yep. is I like like 98% of yep. the wrestling match that happens. Yep. Yep. And then the last like 2%, I go, why did you have to overbook this so complicated yeah, and right. make it like so right. overdone? Correct. Um, basically, if you guys like didn't watch or you just listened to this to hear me complain about it... Um, <laughs> A little so, bit of both. Yeah, so a little bit of both. So we get the obvious ref bump where Daniel yep. Bryan knocks the crap out of the referee or something. Yep. Doesn't get fined. I'm not complaining about that, but I just think it's funny. So ref bump, right? Ref bump was hard, too. And the ref like, bump was he, right. He, like, he, he like nailed on, fell out of the ring and just flopped on the ground. I was yeah. like, oh. And Edge is like, oh, it's my time to shine. Yep. Edge swoops in, and he's he, he's doing pretty fair for the first five mm-hmm. minutes. Also, if I was Edge, I'm like, I'm going to screw Daniel Bryan out of this because like, right. I do not want you in this match. Right. And I'm going to keep bringing that up because I'm like, that was the whole storyline. I don't want Daniel Bryan in this match. Mm-hmm. And it's going to end up being that he's going to get in the match, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so then... Uh, there's a couple near falls, you know, whatever. Yep. Roman's complaining, Daniel complains, whatever. They all complain, <laughs> and then Jey Uso comes out to help Roman because he does in every match and super kicks Edge, super kicks Daniel Bryan, goes out, grabs a chair, comes back in. He goes, "All right, I'm about to nail Daniel Bryan here," and then uh, Daniel Bryan counters it, hits yep. him in the now grabs the chair, and at this point, I'm sitting at my TV, I might be in bag, sitting there <laughs> and going, Bryan. If you hit, if you even swing this chair, right, and Edge doesn't disqualify you, right. I'm throwing this TV out of window. <laughs> and he goes up, swings, hits Edge right in the shoulder, right, and then they do that nice little reverse. Because they went, thing. oh, can't do chair shots to the head anymore. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, he went right to the head. He was like, he was, he was like Rocky Mankind. I'm about to yeah. wail you so hard. Yeah. And he went, wait, 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 can't go with the head. And he yeah. went low, lowers his shoulder, and then. Then Reigns hits him with something, but he counters into the yes lock, yeah. holds in the yes lock for like literally felt like 35 minutes, which yeah. is like in this hold. Yeah. Reigns slowly taps out. Great moment there, but obviously there's no ref or special enforcer to get it because obviously they both get knocked out. What are the odds? What are the odds? And then the part I always find funny is like, like I feel like there's just like a big ref just like sitting there watching this happen. Because yeah, as soon as he taps, he comes and they, they let go of the hold. Then a ref might go, oh, and they go conveniently. Yeah. You come right after yeah. that when you're probably right. just watching this. Do you all think that no, they're all they're all just locked in a cage and they're not allowed to come out? And then somebody went, oh crap, we need a ref. Hold on, let me go get the key. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so Rain stamps out, and but no one sees it. Yeah. And then Edge hits uh, Brian really hard with the chair. Hits yeah. Reigns really hard with the chair. Hits Brian again with the chair. And is like, screw this. You guys make me so angry. Yeah, exactly. I'm frustrated. Cause My I, moment. I, I don't understand why you're frustrated right now. Because you're just the enforcer in this match. Yeah. It doesn't matter, really. Yeah. But he's very angry about this. And he leaves. And he's like all red in the face. And he's just talking to him. He's and then Reigns is like, let me just uh, crawl over real crawl quick. Crawl over real quick. Get Single that arm done. over. Get and then that just done. like and just wins. And I went, what just happened? Yeah. I don't understand. I got confused. So so the outcome of this, right, obviously. Being, we're we're getting we're getting a triple threat of mania now, right? And you know, we've talked at nauseum in the past of why this could be a good thing, why this can be a bad thing. Um what you know, if 
if there is any real like benefit to this, if there is a big benefit to this, is is the fact that we're we're going into a WrestleMania main event where you honestly have three options, all three of which, you know, take them really, you know, are pretty solid options to walk out. I know you're going to disagree with me a little bit on the Edge one, but even if Edge were to win this match somehow, right? I think you've got enough shtick around it where you can justify it a little bit. I don't think that his uh, percentage-wise of actually getting to win now has drastically decreased mm. because of Brian being in this match. But at least it is a pick em. And I think that is so important going into the main event of WrestleMania is that when you look back in history, um, and by the way, be ready to look back in history a couple weeks from now. Time Machine, first edition of that's coming out. We're going to be looking back at an old WrestleMania, so be on the lookout for that one. Um, but when you look back in, in throughout history, right, whether it's WrestleMania 12 with Sean and Brett, right? Okay, Sean finally going to get it. You know, they go to the time limit. Like, it's a pick em, right? You know, WrestleMania 20, does Benoit finally get it? Do, you know, do we see that finally, that moment happen? 17, Rock. Austin, does Rock finally get that win? You know, whatever WrestleMania main event you want to look at of the iconic ones that have happened in years past, usually the good ones are ones that where you go, I don't know who the hell is going to win this match. Hogan, Andre, who's going to win that match? You didn't know. Andre never lost a match in like 14 years at that point. It's insane. So when you look at some of the stuff back in history, at least we're getting a match where you go, okay. Here's how Brian, you have a roadmap to say, okay, Brian can win this. You have a roadmap to see how Roman wins it. You have a roadmap to see how Edge wins it. And subsequently, you have the ways to protect some of these guys as well. Like, if Roman doesn't walk out champion at Mania, the odds of him taking a fall are as slim to none as you possibly can be without him not even being in the match. You know what I mean? So, like, you have some protection there with your top, real top guy um, all the way through. So, went from that side of it, I liked it. Brian and Roman make magic. I thought the match was really, really, really good. I think it's deserving of the four and a half stars. Take the last two minutes out of it, and I think you're 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 nearing pretty damn good territory here. Um, so that saved it for sure. So, if nothing else, we're gonna get a good main event in WrestleMania. Where, and I think it, I think they need to go. A minimum 30 to 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think you got two nights. You can space out this card enough where I think that these guys really need time. I mean, it's going to take them 44 minutes just to walk down the damn ramp, I'm sure, with how they're going to set that damn thing up. So I definitely think that they need to give these guys a lot of time. Really, like, because even in that Roman Brian match, you could feel it. Like, they start out really slow, but it kept building and building and you felt the momentum and you felt you know it, you, you felt the crescendo of that match mm-hmm. they really need to give them that time to do that yeah i agree you know what i mean like if this only goes 20 minutes i'm gonna be really pissed because yeah. i don't think that's enough time to tell this story effectively now that you have a third person in this yeah. match see one thing i hope wwe will ever change which they won't and it's gonna frustrate me yeah is, maybe Vince is close he's like 78 yeah <laughs> Is but like trip like no one like Triple H doesn't even do it for takeovers or anything. Yeah, it's like announce not even what's on each show, but announce the order of the of the yeah, matches. Yeah, I agree like, with that. Something yeah. like new like I always bring up New Japan because I think they just do everything almost mm-hmm. as close to right as you can. Yeah, but they give you the card like a month in advance, and they yeah. give you exactly what order everything. So it's like yeah. okay, if you're gonna watch the show from the beginning, obviously it's in Japan, so mm-hmm. it's like three a.m. here, so we don't watch it. 
But like, if it's like, okay, we don't have to like skip around and try to find certain matches. It goes, okay, the first five matches you don't want to watch, wait a couple hours into the yeah. show and start there. Yeah. Like for WWE, it's like, at least just give us the card. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I want to watch Bianca, this one, yeah. Rome, this yeah, one, yeah. this one, and I can skip this one, this one, this one. Okay, then, or it's like <laughs> the first three matches you don't want to watch, you can wait an hour into the show. You don't have to be there at seven you think or whatever. It, I think a little bit of that though is because, um, as we've seen in years past, like they only have so much time on TV. Now, obviously with the network, they probably could have started doing this. Because, yes. But, but with, with pay-per-view though, you're, you're, you have an allotted amount of time. So we got four hours, yeah. you know, but you only have like, four hours. What I'm saying is like if matches go over, like we've seen before WrestleMania, like that women's 10-man tag or 10-woman mm-hmm. tag a couple years ago got cut. Straight out just got cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think there's a little bit of that. And two, I think that's part of the shtick, right, is no, you don't know what's coming next. You never know what's coming. We I can know. open up the show with a universal title match, Brock and Seth, and you go... That was really the only match I was looking forward to, but I guess exactly. I'll so then, like, I, I guess, guess I'll, I'll watch sit right through the rest of it. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I think there's a little bit of that, but I agree with you though. If they were just to give me the order, I go, all right. Here's where I can go get yeah. food. Like if you, <laughs> if, if you gave us this order of fast lane outside yeah. of probably the IC, which I would have thought was a little better. I yeah. go these first three four matches. I could probably skip it. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can watch something else. Yeah, you know what I mean, sure. like I can watch something else coming at nine o'clock and watch the rest of the show. Correct. Instead of having to sit there and go, what's next? Oh, yeah. Braun Strowman, Jackson Riker. Crap. Nope. Flip. Exactly. Yeah, so I, sure. I wish they would come out in order of like, mm-hmm. all right, here's what the matches are going to be. At least they're giving us what night they are event now. Like we actually have like yep. three on each night. So at least we know what's on some of the nights now. But yeah, I wish they would give them more of an order. Yeah. Looking forward to WrestleMania weekend. We got NXT TakeOver, uh, Stand and Deliver. We're going to uh, preview that show as well as WrestleMania. So heavy wrestling coming up here, guys, in the next couple weeks, just based off of it's WrestleMania season. So if you're not big wrestling fans, you know, maybe just start to jump on board. Um, oh no! After this, after that Alexa <laughs> Bliss Randy Orton thing, I don't know. Outside try. of that, though, I mean, just, try, but just don't just watch, don't watch Raw. You'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, that's all right, true. let's let's shift focus here. Let's talk NBA trade deadline here. Um, you know, I guess the big move that the Pistons care about is Delon Wright is no longer a Piston. He's going to Sacramento for two first or two second round picks. And who is the guy they got? Corey Joseph. There you go, Corey Joseph. That's the that's our new favorite. Um, you know, Troy Weaver still tinkering a little bit, right? I think he made the first deal out of the trade deadline. Like, I think it like hit midnight, and then like immediately after that, they made a deal happen. Yeah, um, like that. Super duper fast. Um, unlike the day of the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Um, you know, I think the biggest news obviously is probably twofold. I think Rondo going to the Clippers just because it's the Clippers for Lou Williams. Um, it's a little bit of a lopsided trade, I think. Uh, and Mike will talk about more of that in a second. Uh, and obviously Aaron Gordon going to the Nuggets. Um, what was the compensation? I know Gary Harris was part of the trade. Do we know the other part of it? I know there was a first-round pick involved and then one other guy. I don't um, remember who it was, though. No, I think it was just like a rotation. It wasn't, was it, like, yeah, it wasn't yeah, anybody yeah, big, It wasn't like obviously. a huge name. Though. Right. Um, you know, and then the Bulls traded for uh, Nikola Vucevic, uh, Vucevic, right? Yeah. Which I was also a little bit confused by, yeah. um, just because they, they really, Vucevic plays really well, and the Bulls are kind of like in the playoffs. Yeah, that was range the part I, I was like, kind of thing. I feel like that was such a piston stand van move, where it's like yeah. we're gonna go acquire this guy, give up some assets, but you're not really in a position to. Yeah, win. you have you have um, what's his name, Cody. Uh, Cody White, the point guard that you yep. drafted last yep. two years ago, mm-hmm. Zach Levine, Vucevic. Yep. You have like you got Williams too, and you got yeah, just drafted. Yeah, so you you have pieces around there, but yep. it's not like 
super, you're kind of like where the Knicks are, where mm-hmm. you're like, you're a good, t- you're where the Pistons were literally two years ago. That's what I'm saying. As yeah, you're like, you're right going to be you're like a fringe a... playoff team that's going to get demolished by the top four team. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's it's a bit interesting. Um, and Orlando's tearing it down, so. Which is good. Yeah. Clearly they need to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one of those things where you're like, you're kind of in that six seed-ish range, and you're like, yeah. all right, this is cool. We're not getting there, so you might as well tear it oh, down. Oh, and um, Oladipo. Oh, and Victor Oladipo going to the Heat. That's correct. For Kelly Olenek. Um, I know a pick, and then somebody else too, yeah. right? Um, going to the Heat as another rental. Um, the Harden trade is looking even weirder now for Houston. <laughs> I mean, that was the piece that they got back, and now he gone. Um, they're giving away everything, dude. They're so like, bad. They're so John Wall's like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> John Wall's like, I'd rather be in Washington right John now. John Wall's like, I'd rather be hurt again. <laughs> um, but you know. Is there a move for you, Mike, you know, out of everything that kind of went through? Kyle Lowry obviously staying with Toronto. I think that was another one people were expecting to, to happen. It just didn't for whatever reason. Is there a move, though, outside of that huge Pistons move, clearly, um, that for you, does it change the way you look at certain teams? Um, I know the P.J. Tucker trade is one that you're pretty high on as well to Milwaukee, but is there one that... For you, you go, this makes me look at this team differently going into the playoffs going in. Or maybe there's a couple yeah. moves where you go, okay, like well, these had dramatic effects for these teams. Yeah, well, as you as you mentioned, I was going to yeah. say P.J. Tucker. Yeah. You stole my thunder. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, P.J. Tucker to the Bucks, I think, is like a low-key move because – Yeah, we talked about it off air. I was like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. but I think, I think he was so good in Houston to being that guy who could play solid defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, he played really well in LeBron for like five games. <laughs> When they were waiting for him, I love how it's still a little bit of a slight. It was, no, it's a slight, but like he played very well. I mean, he played as well as you can no, on someone like, like, like him. He played really good. For he, like he was seventeen whole he minutes. Was, he, was, he was one of the big reasons back in 2018 that took uh, Houston to Game Seven against the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors. Correct, because he, he was able yes. to play really good defense on Kevin Durant. Yes, and now going to the East, where mm-hmm. now you have a thing where you can kind of go, okay. If you're going to look at Brooklyn saying as the best team in the East, if you want to hypothetically say that. It um, hurts you to say that even hypothetically. I can see it in your face. It's hilarious. But continue. Sorry. Uh, you, you have now guys like you could send Drew Holiday yep. and Kyrie, like Kyrie. Chris, Mill can, Chris Milton can kind of get um, James Harden. Yep. And then now you have P.J. Tucker who you can put on KD. Mm-hmm. And now you can use Giannis as like a roaming piece. Mm-hmm. As a, okay, I'm going uh, to go. Who's guarding Blake Griffin? Uh, nobody. <laughs> he doesn't even start. I know. Uh, Giannis can guard like Joe Harris, but also can kind of like, all right, let me just go sit out in the middle also yeah. and help out on right. KD and basically stuff. Basically like a box and one almost. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So I think I think that yeah. move is very underrated because I think yeah. it gives you just that extra defensive piece. And he's very good from the corner three also. But just that def- the defensive aspect of it, I, I really, really like. Mm-hmm. A move that... I would say makes sense like long term maybe, mm-hmm. but right now I say I don't know what you're doing. Is yeah. the Clippers trade for Rajon Rondo? Yeah. Because last year, if you even listen to this show, probably if you pull one episode that we talked about the NBA last year, yeah. just out of like the 52 that we probably did last year, mm-hmm. it was God, Rondo's awful in the regular season. <laughs> He really Every is. single time yeah. we brought up NBA and we yeah. talked anything Lakers, I go, well, Rajon Rondo sucks. Yeah. And I did not think he was going to be very good yep. in the playoffs. And it turns out, like, game one or two against Houston, all of a sudden he's like, by the way, I'm putting up, like, 25 points a game. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But until then, you're getting rid of a very good rotational, your sixth man, one yeah. of the best six mans in the league in yeah. Lou Williams. Former sixth man of the year. Yeah, multiple times. Mm-hmm. And you're giving him away for a guy who you're kind of like, we're going to need you in like 
a month. A month or two. Yeah, but exactly. like as of right now, I guess we're good enough because the West is kind of top heavy a little yeah, bit. For where sure. we can definitely just make the playoffs as like a three seed with where we're at. Well, the Clippers can coast a little bit too, right? Lakers, they're they're beat up. We're gonna talk about the Lakers here in a second, but they can kind of coast. I think you're kind. Of, it's one of those things where it's like there may be a little bit of movement in the standings, but like I think Denver, I think has the best chance to move a little bit just because of Aaron Gordon coming in. Yeah, but like everybody else is kind of like. Everyone's locked. Like, like if I coast, right I now, like. if I if like because we're only um, like I think it's a month and a half now. Yeah. It's May sixteenth. I think the season ends or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So that's almost exactly yeah, a month we're and a half in now. April now. So, um, I would say like you got Utah, Phoenix, Clippers, Nuggets, Portland, pretty locked up as the top five. Yeah. In that, in some kind of order there. Right. And then you have guys like. Dallas, mm-hmm. um, kind of like they're the eight seed, they're but they're like, for like, yeah. but they're like, they're better than the eight seed right now, so they're kind of like playing around right now yep. and stuff. And then you have, you know, Steph Curry comes back, and the Warriors are still pretty well. And then you got the Lakers, obviously, in there, mm-hmm. but they're gonna, as we're gonna talk about, they're hurt, so they're gonna fall. Well, and bit. those are two teams actually I did want to touch on, Lakers and Warriors, because I thought the war, you know, the Warriors were really trying to sell Kelly Oubre to anybody who would take him. You know what I mean? They, they, they I, you know, I think it was a bit of a reactionary signing to bring him in the first place, yeah. or, you know, um, to get him, you know, to get somebody else with Steph, knowing that Clay, you know, blow, mm-hmm. blew up his leg again. Um, so you look at that, I think that's a team that I was surprised that they didn't attempt to do more mm-hmm. at, at this deadline, right? To, to Maybe they are asking price was too high. I don't know where they're at, you know, with them. It's like the Warriors are a team that I think are went from knowing and I, knowing what their identity was to everything completely collapsing to now they're like, well, we're kind of in the middle. Like, do we tear it down? We've got so much money invested in all these guys. So I feel like we need to make a run, but we're not good enough to make a run either. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're very much in purgatory right now. So I was surprised they didn't do something to – Tell the rest of the league where it's like this is where we're going, and I, I think it would have been trying to buy in and try to get back to the playoffs. Yeah, but I think I don't think you have enough. I think the Warriors are in a situation where they're kind of like, okay, so like pre Kevin Durant, those two years that we made the finals, mm-hmm. you know, you won one, one, lost one, and like we're kind of just waiting for Clay to get back, and then yeah. we're gonna be ourselves again. Yeah. But then I'm over here going. Yeah, but you struggled. Yeah, without Kevin Durant, like yeah. Kevin Durant took you over the top and was oh, like, yeah, for sure. you're, like you're definitely the best team now. But like 2015, if Kyrie and Kevin Love don't get hurt, yeah, I don't know if you win. I don't know if game. you're winning that one well, exactly. Too, well, you're missing some important pieces too. You don't have Iguodala. Yeah, you have Iguodala. You don't, don't have. Is Livingston still there? I don't think. No, Livingston's not gone. there. They don't have a a huge. I guess they got. Um, they drafted the uh, yeah. James Wiseman to right. be like their big center young. guy, but yeah, he's, he's young. young, so he needs to develop a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Draymond doesn't play the same defense as he did five years ago. Draymond sucks. And, Let me straight, straight up right now, he sucks. And we don't know what Clay's going to be. And Steph's playing very good right now, also. But like, yeah. you don't know what Clay's going to be when he comes back after right. two, you know, a big injuries, injuries big basically. Injuries, yeah. So I think the Warriors are like, next year when everyone's back, we're going to show yeah. what we got. But I'm like. I don't know if you like. I think they think that they're going to be a lot better. I think the league is caught up to what they did best, yeah, right? It Where it's like, well, you have two, you have two solid, like dead ass, like sharpshooters that yes. at any point in time can go off for thirty a night, and you're just like, all right, I don't have any way to stop this, no yeah. matter how good a defense I play. Everyone's got something like that. Hell, the Pistons have a guy that's shooting forty percent from three right now. Exactly. You don't, you don't know his name in Shadiq Bay unless you're in Detroit, but. You know what I mean? He's playing well. He's playing well. You know, Jeremy Grant's shooting well, right? You've got guys in Detroit that do the exact same thing really well that what Gold... Now, maybe not as 
efficiently as Golden State does, but everyone's got those pieces now. So you're no longer playing a team like LeBron had for that long time where it's like, okay, LeBron's not the greatest three-point shooter, and you didn't have enough surrounding pieces around him to kind of cement that. So every time the Lakers, or I mean, every time Cleveland was trading twos for threes, you were just it was death by paper cut. Yeah. Now everybody's shooting threes. The two point. If you if I see somebody pull up for a two point jumper, I am stunned. In the NBA, college you still see it. In the NBA, it's like it's either you're going to the hole or there's a three. There ain't nothing else. So it's 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 very much what they did best. No longer is unique to them. Yes, agreed. Um, the other team, obviously the Lakers, um, they don't make a move. We talked about this off air, um, but I was a little surprised still knowing their their situation from a draft capital standpoint. Spoiler alert: there ain't any. Um, and you know, from a resource perspective, they, they're kind of bare, especially because LeBron and AD are out. But still, a little bit surprised they didn't try to make a move here to kind of once. It's one of those things where it's like I feel like every good LeBron team that makes that run always has that trade where you go, "Wow, that really worked out for 28 games or yeah. something weird." You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I again, and I'll say it like the reason why I don't think they made the move was yeah. because I think it would because LeBron and AD are out. It would deplete their roster too much to make a move. Mm -hmm. And yes, Lowry would be good in like the week. Yeah. He would play shooting guard, shooter would play point guard, Mm -hmm. Harold would play center. And you'd have like a good three piece and probably win a few games. Mm -hmm. But like, and then long term in the playoffs, it'd be really efficient. Yeah. But like, you'd have absolutely no depth because you won't have Kuzma. You probably won't have THT. You probably won't have KCP, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, Because you probably have to give those three for Kyle Lowry. So at that point, it's like you have no pieces and no depth. Right. So you'd be really aching for guys coming off the bench and helping. So you'd right. have like Jared Dudley coming off the bench and helping you. And that's not what I see. <laughs> but so that's why I think they didn't make the move. I think today if LeBron and AD were completely healthy and playing really efficiently, mm-hmm. I think that Kyle Lowry trade immediately happens. I don't think they think twice about it. Yeah. I think they were like, all right, who do you want? Because we right. have Lowry, right. Schroeder, LeBron, AD, Harrell yeah. with like Alex Caruso off the bench or something. Yeah. We can win. Yeah. We're fine. Right, for but sure. But like without mm-hmm. those pieces being 100%, I think they're like, we can't really mortgage because mm-hmm. we kind of want to still try to get a six or seven seed. Right. So we right. can't really do much. It's a weird year, you know, with the Lakers coming out so hot after that championship run, and it was like, damn, I don't see anybody. Co- and now with all the injuries, even when LeBron comes back, an angel is not easy no, to come not. back from. So I think some explosiveness is going to be gone from there. You know, not saying that, like, oh, they're easy pickings by any stretch of the imagination. Like, if they play Utah, we, we just talked about this. It's a five-game series, and Utah's going home. Yeah. But um, at the same time, it is interesting to see, though, that it's like, okay, this is the team you're rocking with, good or bad. You know what I mean? You know, I think I think the Clippers' move for Rondo is a complete reaction to what happened last year and not having somebody on that team to go, all right, everyone just needs to chill out for a second. We mm-hmm. need to get back on track. I don't think they had that. Kawhi is really the only one who's had long-term playoff success in his career on that Clipper team, you know, last year and even this year, if we're being honest. So it's like Paul George, he's never, you know, he's got to the Eastern Conference a couple times and he got he got beat. The rest of that Clippers team, you sniff the second round, you're gone. That's the Doc Rivers special. So now you have a guy who's been there, done that with multiple franchises, right, and knows how to win in the playoffs because it is such a different animal. I think it's a direct representation of, no, they're coming for the Lakers and they're coming for them assuming that they're going to be back and ready to go. And it's not going to go well, but you know we'll yeah, see. I want. I just want to see the matchup finally. I just want to yeah. see a full seven games. Just be like, well, there you go, yeah. Paul George. You're still terrible. I'm going to be very interested to see how the top teams 
play yes. early May. Yeah. Because I think that because the Lakers are gonna go on a pretty rough drought, I think, mm-hmm. here. They're probably gonna go four and twelve when LeBron's not playing here. Mm-hmm. Um I think like if LeBron ends up if the Lakers are like a seven seed mm-hmm. and like Phoenix is a two and like the Clippers are like a game behind, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine going Let's uh let's sit a few people. Yeah, here. right. Yeah, maybe like, we just go to the maybe, maybe we go to the three. Yeah, seed. maybe we jump down to the three seed because yeah. you don't really want the Lakers. Yeah, in maybe the we first can, round yeah. as a seven seed. We can just miss one of these teams regardless. Exactly. Right? Yeah, like we can we can kind of. The West skip is weird seeds. this year, right? With the way it is, like Utah be the number one seed. Like, Nothing against Utah, but like let's be. But real. the crazy thing is, like Dallas right now is the eight. Could you imagine Dallas Utah? Yeah, right. And we go, man, when yeah, Dallas like, plays at its best, yeah, Porzingis when, is just when, average. Yeah, when Porzingis is average and Luka's going 39, 13, and 17 or yeah. whatever, it's yeah. like, yeah. Man, I don't know, like, man. Uh, yeah, you're so, like, oh, maybe this is one of those weird 8-1 matchups that we all yeah. love to Lakers see. Lakers could be the 8-1 matchup. And, oh, my gosh. That'd be crazy. <laughs> and that'd be the greatest 8 seed of all time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Everyone goes, wait, you were the 8 seed? Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right, cool. That'll, that'll just add to the <laughs> third 8 seed. They win the championship. Lamar could be like, I'm the only eight seed to ever win oh a championship. Gosh, yeah, please let's not start that argument, please anymore. We don't need that. Or the, he'll be a nine seed, but they get the play-ins this year. Oh they my gosh! Play-in. And That'd they're like, hilarious. they're like, I'm a nine seed. What if he? Yeah, but what would be better is that they have the play-in, and then like he he goes off for fifty-six, and they still lose. And everyone's like, well, LeBron sucks. Yeah, LeBron <laughs> and then I'm over here going, ah, uh, I mean, you yeah. guys told me it's better yeah. than this early, so yeah, he lost as early as possible. <laughs> Because you don't want to get to the final and Having some Vietnam and then, flashbacks. And then we'll all just like get in a big debate about all this. Yeah, all over again. It seems like every finals it feels like we talk about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, all right, let's shift now um, to the my favorite segment on the show, our mock draft corner. You know, I love talking about hypotheticals. It's really all I have as a Lions fan, quite frankly. So <laughs> I can only talk about the hypotheticals so because sad. when it actually happens, it's never as good as what's really anticipated in real life. But that was like the um, greatest. Well, Mike is yeah. bringing up his the mock draft that we're going to go over this week. We do have to hit on the Jared Goff restructure. Um, you know, I just wanted to talk about this just a little bit because I do think it's important to kind of you know look at the into- the picture in totality. Um, I know some people were like really against this move because it ties them to Goff longer. Um, I'm going to actually tell you why that's really not the case, regardless. Um, and then two, some people are you know, obviously for it. I'm one of them because it gives them some cap flexibility. A, because they don't even have starters on defense right now as far as um, a safety, unless you're going to roll with Will Harris as your other safety, which um, that makes me sad. It, or And you don't have starting linebackers right now either, quite frankly. Like you got Jamie Collins, you got Alex Anzalone, I mean, Tavai, I guess. Jalen Reeves Maven, I guess. Those are not great. So you need help in a lot of different spots. Um, but the Jared Goff restructure, you know, they t- convert $15 million into a signing bonus. So next year he gets $5 million. The year after that, 2023, is a $10 million uh, cap hit. Um, the way Jared Goff's contract is structured, though, is after not this year and not even in 2022, but in 2023, before the restructure, you had zero dead money if you cut him. Um I still think that is the drop-dead date for Jared Goff. If the Lions commit after this season, which we can all kind of agree is probably not going to go great, if we're being honest. I think you're just looking to see development out of the young players and hope to God you can win four games. Um, but in 2022, you know, you, you expect to see some improvement. But that those two seasons are really an audition for Jared Goff. Even if the Lions take a quarterback here in this draft or next year's draft, 
Um, I don't expect them to play a whole lot. So if they take a quarterback this year, Jared Goff's probably got a year, year and a quarter as your starting quarterback for your Detroit Lions, regardless of what they did with his contract. If they take a quarterback next year, obviously this year he's going to be a starter and at least half of the season next year. And a $10 million dead cap hit, I know it sounds like a lot right now because the cap is only at $180 million, but the cap is expected to jump $40 million in the next two seasons. This year was a regression because of COVID. So if we're all hedging our bets a little bit, that $10 million, while it's not ideal, is not necessarily something that people need to be freaking out about. It doesn't tie them to Jared Goff really any longer than they already can get out of the contract. It's just by flexing out those payments just a little bit longer. So... If you're not a Jared Goff guy, first off, I get it, but don't freak out about the Lions cap situation because they're going to be fine in the long term regardless, and they needed to do it in the short term because right now they still need to field a team. I know a lot of us fans are on the anticipation that they're not going to be very good and this is a rebuilding year, but I guarantee you Dan Campbell is not looking at this year as a quote-unquote rebuilding year and as a um, we're just going to go out there and go 1-15. I highly doubt that's the, op- the, the goal of this, so you got to kind of put it in perspective where the team sees itself as well. Um, So just had to get that out there to kind of tamp down the fires a little bit because you knew the restructure was coming, but I know people were still a little upset by it, but it needed to happen. And now the Lions have like the sixth most cap space in the NFL this year, which is weird to me Mm -hmm. somehow. But all right, let's shift now to the mock draft here. Mike, who is this mock draft by? Um, I got to go back to the top. Oh, geez. See, I I read through it because it stresses me out. Yeah, for sure. It stresses you out, so I can't. Nah, this is a the Walter Football. Okay, I like Walter drafts. Football because they always update pretty on the regular. Yeah, this one's from Wednesday, March twenty fourth. Okay, so that's two days ago, as because we're, we're doing this on Friday. Yeah, we're doing this a little bit early, guys, this so, week. So, so this is two days prior to when we're talking about this right now. Yeah, so it should be pretty up to date. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. okay, so number one, uh, do I even have to say? It? No, uh, at this point, it's like the most. It's then I wish every once in a while the number one pick would be like. Who's going to go number one? Yeah. But like last couple of years, it's been like, okay, it's yeah. Joe Burrow, it's Trevor Lawrence, it's yeah. whoever. So it's, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. It's basically already announced. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Okay. They're literally talking about him on their own YouTube page. It's hilarious yeah, to but... me. I've never seen it so transparent. We're like, no, no, no. Like, so when Trevor gets here. Yeah. <laughs> like, Trevor... I just think it's yeah. so funny. So when Trevor gets here, this is how we're going to change things. It goes, wait, Trevor's not going to Like, okay. want, I wish he would have had his own pro day, like just by himself. Yeah. Just so other like no other team shows up except for Jacksonville, and it's yeah. just a practice. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna bring hey, bring in DJ Chark. We're gonna throw him passes. You know? Yeah, might as well. <laughs> Marvin, what are you doing over there? Yeah. Oh uh, lord. Okay, so number two, I guess this is where the real question starts. Where do you think the Jets go? Where, oh, what are you feeling? Jeez, uh, you know, with all the Deshaun Watson madness that's going on there, a trade just seems so much more unlikely right now. Um, I'm gonna say they take Zach Wilson just to. Dash my dreams of him somehow falling to seven. You are correct. Yeah, they do take right. Zach Wilson. You're correct, but it makes me very upset. Yeah, no. I mean, at that point, though, that's, that's the only problem with taking Goff back in the Stafford deal where it's like, man, you know, Darnold's a young dude. He's mm-hmm. never really had a chance in New York. Would be fun. Yeah. All right, number three, Miami Dolphins will select. Oh, boy. Well, they're not going to take a quarterback, unlike some people in the professional sports world think that they're going to. I think that would be a little bit premature to take to just say, screw it, on Tua. Um, I'm going to say they take Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase? Yeah. Uh, you would be incorrect Damn. here. They actually Why take... They? Nope. They oh. take Panay Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon. Give yeah. you a little bit of protection mm-hmm. for Tua. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what's weird about that, though, too, is that, like, I'm trying to think of who their other offensive tackle is because they took that guy out of USC last year. Mm-hmm. It was one of their first-round picks, which was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I don't know if they go tackle here just because of that, but I don't know their other side, so I don't know if they kick him over to right tackle. And then yeah, I think they won't probably kick him. Like, which right. is fine, you know. Um, they signed Will Fuller, so yeah. but he's only on a one-year deal, so I wouldn't be shocked to see them. But, but, I mean, if you're getting the best offensive tackle in the draft, you can't really be mad about it. Yeah. All right, number four, Atlanta Falcons. We'll take. Um, well, if Zach Wilson's gone and there's no there's no trades, right? In no. This? Okay. No. Um, I'm going to assume that it's going to be um, Justin Fields. You are correct. You are three for four today, Woo! Rob. You I'm at 75%. Here. It's really it's really nice when just you know the quarterbacks are going early. Yeah, so it's just like <laughs> it makes you look really good. I know. Yeah. yeah, they take uh, Justin Fields to sit behind Matt Ryan for like a year or two before he probably leaves. That's another team too that needs to draft another wide receiver. They need to get rid of Julio Jones like now. Mm-hmm. All right, number five, Cincinnati Bengals. We'll select. Uh, I'm gonna say the other tackle, I guess, for Sean Slater. Nope, that's, that's where I would go if yeah. I was Cincinnati, but they take Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida, give Joe Burrow a little weapon to throw to. I mean, it do, it makes sense from that aspect of it for sure, but I mean, their offensive line's abysmal right yeah, now. Yeah, so they like, say I, that because they probably love Penny Sewell mm-hmm. since he gets taken at three. Yeah, they're, you're, they're take, like, you're taking just your best yeah, offensive yeah. weapon. I am stunned that no wide receiver has gone yet, though, a little bit, just because if you're the Lions, you're giddy mm-hmm. right now. Just throwing that out there. Number six, Philadelphia Eagles will select. Okay, well, Kyle Pitts is gone, so I'm just going to say they take the best offensive weapon available. I'm going to say they take Devontae Smith just because it's the Eagles. You are 100% correct there, too. They <laughs> picked Devontae Smith. Is it the reason? Because they're the Eagles? <laughs> uh, they said it's because they're replacing Deshaun Jackson. And for, for the 12 plays that he played in two years yeah. for, for them? Okay, yeah, that's cool. Sure. Yeah, but um, no, I mean, it, look, looking at it right... You're you, you just know this if you're a Devontae Smith fan or you're not the team whatever team you support I guarantee you in those draft rooms there's going to be 49% of people who love Devontae Smith and there's going to be 51% of people who don't like it or vice versa I think he is a such a divisive player on the projection of what he can be mm-hmm. it's really going to depend on who you have around him to to kind of help you know bridge that gap a little bit so yeah. interesting none to say the least but uh, all right so, cool. so your detroit lions will sit at number seven Shoot, i don't have so a damn who, clue who, who are you feeling you're thrilled number one because trey thrilled. lance is on the board still um jalen waddles on the board jamar chase is on the board and micah parsons is on the board and the best remaining tackle is still there as well so you've got a lot of options if you're the lions at seven here um, in this particular scenario, I am praying to God, and we talked about this, Mike, so I think we should put it out there for everyone else to see too. If Brad Holmes is able to trade down from seven and like not trade out of like the first round or anything crazy unless they get like every first round pick for the next five years, um, he's going to be looked at as like the best GM ever just by trading down just a couple spots here, especially with the amount of people still available. I think they'd be thrilled with a couple places, but they actually do make the pick here at seven. They do make the pick. Oh, boy. We are not trading. Right? All right. So, um, I don't think they go quarterback um, just because I, I it's hard for me to pass up Trey Lance just because of the ability to sit him down and just be like, hey, listen, you have two years where you don't have to do anything besides just pay attention. Um, I'm going to say they take Jamar Chase. Uh, you would be 100% correct. <laughs> oh, man. I'm on fire today. Yeah, I'm on fire Jamar today. Chase. 
They're replacing Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones because they both left. They need a true number one. They need a true number one. Um, You know, with Micah Parsons blowing away the uh, his pro day a couple days or yesterday, um, as as well as you know, there's some rumors out there the Lions have talked to him a ton. I wouldn't be shocked to see Micah Parsons here, but once again, I think Parsons is so much more likely on the table if they traded down just a couple spots, which. Carolina, if the if this draft fell this way, Carolina is over the moon because Trey Lance is clearly the pick at eight. Yep, Trey Lance is the pick at number eight, mm-hmm. and I think now here's where your problem with the trade down scenario is: yeah. Denver Broncos pick Michael Parsons at number nine. Yeah, that sucks. And that's that sucks that's where it goes because you trade down, and then Michael Parsons goes. You go. Oh. But here's the thing, though: you're hoping that Denver is that team that trades up to yeah. go get a quarterback because yeah. I don't know if they love Drew Locke, right? So I get and it, they were in on the Matthew Stafford trade talks, right? They just didn't have enough. You know they're not one wide receiver because they just took Hamler and Jerry Judy last year, and they still have uh, who's the other one? Sutton too, right? They have yeah. Sutton still there too. So you know they're not going offensive weapon. So if you're the Lions, man, you're really hoping that a team, you know, because I think at like who's eleven? Who picks eleventh? Do we know who picks 11? Uh, yeah, my thing just reset on me, so uh, I gotta go scroll back down. But, scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, who picks 11? New York. New York, okay. So, like, that, you know, there's a couple different... I, I don't think New York takes a wide receiver, so they could take a linebacker, I guess, technically, yeah. too. Ugh. But either way, I think that it's it's one of those things where if you're the Lions, even if they miss out on Parsons, they can still probably get one of those wide receivers mm-hmm. because I don't think the Giants take a wide receiver anymore um, with the Kenny Galladay signing. So I think they're out on that. I think they could go tackle, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Uh, who do they take it? Who do they take in their pick? Uh, which one did you say? The Giants. The Giants take defensive end Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Oh, not Rousseau? Oh. No. Okay, interesting. No, they um, like him more than Rousseau. Okay. Rousseau okay. goes to Minnesota at 14. That makes a lot of sense, actually, yeah. um, to, to fill a couple different spots, mm-hmm. honestly. All right, any other big highlights uh, that, that we missed in that one? Uh, let's see. So just to kind of roll through. So Miami at number 18 picks Pay, Michigan guy. So yep. that's why I bring yep, him up. Yep, for sure. Yep. It's not that. I've seen him mocked a lot of in that area. I, I, I mean, yeah. he didn't have the best season last year, so it's kind of hard for me to project where he would go, but – Pass rushers in this draft are thin. Yeah, the Colts get Jalen Waddle, wide receiver at Alabama, which is like a perfect fit for them. For at what pick was that? Twenty one. Wow, I don't think he stays that long. No, I don't think so. I, pref- I who do you like better out of the three? Who's your like? Jamar Chase. Do you like Jamar Chase the yes. best? Okay. Yeah. Man, the numbers that he put up in that. Oh my game, gosh, I know. Against I know. Oklahoma, Ooh. yeah, I know. Right I, there, I really I, said, oh yeah, yeah Jamar right Chase is fantastic. Like, let's you know, I think if you're the Lions, like I can't. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I'm gonna be mad if they take Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, or Micah Parsons, or Trey Lance if he's there. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I'm gonna be mad by any of those picks. And number thirty-one, Kansas City Chiefs will pick Jalen Mayfield, offense tackle out of Michigan, Ooh, to replace both their tackles that they let go. Yeah, I love it. We're gonna sign high-priced guards. Because we cut our tackles. Then we're going to draft and, tackles. And then we're going to draft a tackle, and we're going to bring back Mike Remmers, who got bitch-slapped in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Twice. Okay. I don't, I don't, I, I, that was probably killed us. Like, we're going to cut Schwartz, and we're going to cut Fisher, and then we're going to go pay a guard $80 million. Yep. Wait, how does that... Listen. Suit it, kill you. Hey, listen, you have a home, so I guess... I get it. I get it. Years. Yeah, it's fine. I, yeah, whatever. That was a fun one, though. I was, I'm glad I was as on the mark as I was. <sighs> Yeah, it's always fun for sure. I always like doing that. Maybe we'll have to go through and we'll have to do a full on like okay, one through 32, 32 and just kind of see how how well we do, how perfect we are. Yeah, you know we are always right here. Yeah, we are always right. So if that's the case. Lions are gonna trade down. 
to San Francisco. No San Francisco is going to trade up, get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mike Parsons is still going to be there at 12. We're going to get San Fran's next first round, next year's first round pick and a second rounder this year. And we're going to have three first round picks next year. Okay. You know what's really depressing <laughs> about that is all the teams that we get first round picks for are all going to be playoff teams. So we're just yeah. going to be picking 25 every year. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, we're hoping that the Niners just get obliterated with injuries or something like that. I hope the Rams get obliterated. That's fine. If that's what that means, that's cool too. Yeah, I'm working um, on that. <laughs> yeah, you're very much on, very on, much on that right train. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting time, like I said, though. I think the trade-down option, if Holmes can pull that off, along with what he's did with the Stafford trade, I think everyone's going to be like, this is the greatest GM I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad because he hasn't actually done anything yet. Yeah, he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't even signed anyone. He's no. like, oh, here's Prashad he, Perriman. All he did was he, he, I mean, he brought back Aquara. Trader for Brockers, I think those are the two big moves of their offseason, obviously. But, man, they still But, hey, moves. listen, uh, who was um, – Who's the last GM that we just had? Oh, Bob Quinn. Bob Quinn. Yeah, man, he traded that fifth for Snacks Harrison, though, and yeah. we all just lit up the moon with that. We I was like, oh. And it worked out really well for about nine games. Yeah, but that nine-game stretch, we were like, yeah, oh, We had really good run defense, yeah. and then we trade for Snacks Harrison. Like, we're going to playoffs, and Seattle came in, and, and Russell Wilson went, we don't got to run the ball. I'm just going to throw it for a perfect 27 for 28 for four yards and five touchdowns. Because, by the way, you can't guard anybody <laughs> with this defensive scheme, you stupid idiots. Yeah. Huh, great. That's a great way to end the show, though, guys. Um, as always, you know we'll be back next week with another mock draft. Maybe talking Michigan basketball. It's hard for us to kind of gauge when we're going to be able to kind of give a full breakdown just because we don't know what's going to happen. So if they're in the Final Four, awesome. If they're not, well, we gave a gold college try. At this point, though, they got past LSU. So if nothing else, we think they got to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Anything else after this is pretty Four straight tournaments and making the Sweet 16. Yeah, which is the first time. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, actually, the women's women's mas- Michigan basketball team made it to the Sweet 16 yeah, for the first did. time ever, yeah. which is pretty They're cool. It. Yeah, which was uh, pretty awesome to see as well. But that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he is the Merck Zone. I am the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.